Welcome to the One Player Podcast, the show on solitaire board games. I'm your host, Albert, and this is episode 237. Yo ho, yo ho, it's a pirate's life for me. It's a pirate's life for me. Thank you, Pirate Julius. R. Hello, Albert. How are you doing today? All right. How are you? Good to hear, Albert. Good to be back with you on this uh, cold and, in air quotes, snowy day here in Memphis. <laughs> oh, is it? You're getting snow. No, we don't really get snow. But when there's even a threat of a snowflake falling on the ground here in the Mid-South, mm. everyone shuts down and goes crazy. So there was mm-hmm. a threat of it. And it didn't really materialize, but we shut down everything anyway. <laughs> so I've got to stay home and play kids, play games with the kids today. Oh, nice. Yeah, that that's a reaction to the weather is familiar over here, too, in South Carolina. <laughs> yep. So today we are going to be talking about Forgotten Waters. Very cool, which is a game I had not really heard about. I think I'd seen it before, but really hadn't looked into it. So I was quite surprised by it. It's a, what you're about to say, it's a played hat, Plaid Hat Games, isn't it? Right, this is a co-op game from Plaid Hat Games, uh, where you and theoretically up to six other people will become pirates and go through an app-assisted scenario-based co-op game where you are traveling around the waters and solving problems and making magic stuff happen and all sorts of things across the different scenarios. Okay, that's very cool. What is interesting is uh, this game is in the the same universe as Raxon and Dead of Winter and whatnot, apparently. Is it? Well, I According to BGG, it is. If you look at the family that it's in in BGG, it's in the uh, Crossroads series. So the Crossroads series does not necessarily mean that it's in the same universe, because I don't think that in lore it's in the same universe. What they just means by it being the Crossroad is that normally you're given an option and told select ah, one of two options, and then okay. because of what you select, something else can happen. I see. But it's it's very different than any of the other Crossroads games. I, I had assumed it meant the Dead of Winter universe. It, okay. Interesting. Okay. And then, and yet, when I look at pictures of the game, my first reaction was not, oh, hey, Crossroads, Dead of Winter. My first reaction was, oh, hey, Mice and Mystics. Very much so, yes. Yeah. I can hear that. Because it's designed to be a fi- family-friendly game, and it's got a bunch of tokens and a bunch of things laying around the board, taking up you know, taking up a fair amount of space if uh, once everything is all set up. So <laughs> I can definitely hear the similarity between those. In reality, the Crossroads is handled by the app so much that it probably won't feel too much like a Crossroads game. Ah, okay, interesting. But let's go ahead and start with the more general overview to make sure that we're on the same page. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So in Forgotten Waters, what you're going to be doing is there's a scenario book, or excuse me, there's a bunch of scenarios and there's a scenario book. And along the way, the app will tell you which page to go to and what sort of options are out on the board and where things are you'll set up a map you'll set up the scenario book and on the only time you have to interact in general with the game or where you get to proactively interact with the game is you will select one of the six seven eight different options on the page for things that you want to do after everyone selects them or if you're playing solo after you select all of your options you'll go through resolve each of the different options and then 
read the round or excuse me, I say read the round entry card, but really have the app read to you the round ent- the the round end card, whatever happens at the end of the round. Continue doing that, moving around the board until you achieve your objective or until you lose. Okay. Sounds sounds simple enough. Straightforward. Relatively. Again, it's it is a family friendly game, so there is a fair amount of rules lightness to the fact that it's guided for the most part. But yeah. Having said that, there is some rules complexly, but usually having one person who's familiar with it can really help solve that. But yeah. that's possibly over that's possibly more attuned at the end. I think the first thing we want to discuss at this point is gonna be the components. How about you, Albert? Yep, I'd like to hear more about the components. Especially the the book. Yes. So the book is a spiral-bound book. Uh, Half of the book is nothing but huge art designed just to give you a feel of the sort of game. When I'm playing with my kids or with other people, I'll very much want to make sure that that half of the book is out and visible to everyone because it really gives you a sense of feeling of where you are. The other half of the page is going to be your story selection areas. Uh, or the other half of the book, excuse me, is going to be your story selection spots, the, the action spaces that you can select. And then further to the right of the board is going to be the resolution of those different actions. You'll pick one and then you'll read what happened because you selected. Often it'll be make a further option, make a further selection, or read something from the app, select something in the app. Uh, that is probably going to be on the center. Also on the center of the board is going to be the map. There's a whole bunch of different, <coughs> excuse me, there's a whole bunch of different hex tiles that you lay out on the map to dynamically represent what's there. So there's so there's mountains, there's clouds, there's other boats, there's islands, there's all sorts of things. And because they're all tokens, you can lay them on the map. That means that the map can serve for different scenarios. You don't need something that functions. Mm-hmm. It's not as complicated a setup as, say, a Gloomhaven, because usually it's you know, <laughs> yes, 10 it to is. 20 tokens. Yeah, that's true. But making sure it's clear, there's only about 10 to 20 of these little tokens that go on the board, and the board is only about 100 spaces big-ish. So it doesn't take a whole lot of time to go ahead and set it up, and it's not too difficult to begin. That makes it especially easier to see across the table and able to interact with all of it. In terms of shared stuff, there's also misfortune tokens, which cause you to essentially, it's kind of like a curse type thing where mm-hmm. if you grab misfortune, you have to roll two dice and take the lower. There's reroll tokens, and these are just simple, both of them are just simple coins. They both are perfectly adequate. Um, and then there's decks of cards. Perhaps one of the more interesting set of components is there's seven. There, there's seven boards that are used for each of the seven different crew requirements that you'll have. So, for instance, the Cooper will have a supplies track, the boat swing will have a hole track. Now, really, all of these could have just been on a single board, but it's split up so that you can give one to everyone and everyone has their thing, their thing that they do, whether it's tracking the hull or tracking infamy or tracking the cannons. Everyone has their thing. Everyone's looking for that person. So make sure that everyone stays involved. When you're playing solo, you get all of those. You have to Mm -hmm. handle all of them. So, But great for a family. Very much so, yes. Um, Then there are the player sheets. Over the course of the game, you're going to have player sheets, which you'll actually write on. 
in order to track both what cool story, personal story events you've unlocked, and also to track your statistics. When you start the game off, you begin with a zero in each of the six different statistics. Over the course of the game, you'll be able to get leveled up in each of those. It happens usually like once around, and you'll physically mark off the boxes that do that. Theoretically, that means that those sheets are a limited amount. There's one for each, but there's like 40 of them and you can print off more copies online. Mm-hmm. Just and it fits on a simple sheet of paper. So it doesn't really feel limited to me, but it <laughs> theoretically is. Yeah. You, you could, I mean, you don't even really need a fancy sheet. You could probably just use a regular sheet of paper and write something on there. And... Well, you would want to print something off because you do need the tracks. You do need the player because it lists your constellation, which you'll track mm-hmm. when stuff happens. And that's personal. When you get to mark off new stars, when you get to advance your constellation, what your personal story is, what events happened to you. So you'll need to print all those off. You can't just use a sheet of paper. Okay. But it's really super easy to print all those off. Yep. Okay. Uh, and then there's the app, which I will include as a component because it is a very necessary component. Uh, the app is a web-based app that you just access on, you know, on Plaid Hat's website at fwcrossroads.com. Uh, it goes through and tells you everything. It's got full voice acting for all the things which you can turn on or off. Uh, it's got background music, and it it's essentially the same as having the deck of cards that reads you a story and tells you what sort of stuff it is that you're going to do. But it's in an app-based format, so it's mm-hmm. even more. It would be it would be a huge book if the app were converted to cards or to a book. So I'm perfectly happy with making it into an app. Now, is this an app that is, it doesn't sound like it's managing a lot of the game mechanics for you or anything like that. Like in terms of, you don't have to worry about the rules because the app will do it. No, the app doesn't manage anything for you. And that's actually one of the things I'll get to when we discuss the solo mode. But it doesn't manage anything for you. Theoretically, it can remember some game states. So like it will remember, hey, you've met this pirate and interacted with them and stuff like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. But that's about it. It doesn't handle anything else. You, you would have to do other things. There is actually a remote assistant app that if you're playing over the internet with other people, you can use the remote assistant to handle much of the board stuff. So you can use it to handle like your coop track and your supplies and things like that. But you'll need to have an actual book to know what the options are. Um, and it it's not the easiest way of doing things because like three screens you have to use to be able to handle it all and you know high times when we were talking about all this with the uh coronavirus quarantines all those things like it's a nice option to have yeah but it's definitely not the same thing as everyone sitting around a table and all doing it i get the feeling it's not something many people are going to use at all but the few that do will probably really appreciate that they have that yes it was it's definitely a nice thing to have okay um we talked about the components we talked about the theme ish I think we have. Okay. Let's talk about the rules in that case. Well, actually, I think that just to mention about the theme, I think that the theme is well portrayed in all of this. This is designed mm-hmm. as a very thematic game. The idea is that your pirate's doing stuff. And, you know, it's silly stuff. It's a, you know, it's the equivalent of like Pixar-ish shenanigans. It's silly stuff. This <laughs> is not a serious pirate adventure. They will do silly things. They will do things that kids will really love. Like, it's not fart jokes. but it's that kind of it, it's silly kid type stuff. So there, 
they are silly and that is the theme that they're going for. Okay. And it comes through all the way across. It comes through with the voice acting and the tokens and everything that happens and the whole story. So they do a good job of telling the theme, which is <laughs> because that's the primary reason to get the game. <laughs> yeah, it, it look it looks like it's definitely they put a lot of effort into the theme. The art looks fantastic all around. The you, you mentioned the app has voice acting in it, which is nice touch. So I'm sure they, they did a do a better part than I did at the top of the show. Indeed. So continuing onwards with, I believe, gameplay. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's do gameplay. So I think I mentioned about how the general gameplay loop is. You're placing your tokens down on the different selection options, doing the thing that it tells you to do, and reading the round end and continuing on through those things. The different sort of things that it'll have you do are wide and varied, even if it's something as simple as getting food, feeding people food, or exploring, going out on an island, doing random things, or messing around in a tavern. So some of the actions are cooler than others. So mm-hmm. when you're playing multiplayer, sometimes you're low on the infamy track, and you're like, I don't really want to do this action, but <laughs> I guess what I'm going to be doing is this action. And it is what it is. I'd rather, you know, sometimes you'd rather do all the cool things. When you're playing solo, you get to do all the cool things you want. <laughs> yeah, but you also get to do all the boring stuff. <laughs> you also have to do the boring stuff, and you rush through the boring stuff. Like some of, like, feed your people. You do the same thing every single time. Work the ship. You do the same thing every single time. Like, some of these get repetitive, and that's okay. Like, it's got, you got to have, you know, if all of them were very exciting, you wouldn't have those ups and downs. There wouldn't be, the, the cycle yeah, wouldn't exactly, be Exactly, well. yeah. So, it's okay for it to be there. It doesn't drag because it doesn't take a long time. Because they're repetitive, you go through, you, you get the bonus, and you move on. So that gameplay loop is very good. When you're playing multiplayer, you divide everyone up. Theoretically, for multiplayer, you can play as little as three. Um, and then everyone you share out the different jobs. You only get to explore three options per round theoretically the app will make things harder or easier for you for like health of bosses and stuff like that as you're going through and investigating your mission so when you're playing so when you're playing solo though theoretically you can play the game with just one pirate now the game includes by default an in so the app lists the solo mode it also lists the two-player mode and both of them played kind of similarly when you're playing solo mode, according to the rules, you play one player, you control four standees, so you're making four selections every round. Okay. And then whenever, like, a, a common thing we see for multiplayer games is that whenever it does something that we interact with other players, you just interact with the neutral deck and things like that. Mm-hmm, yep. The, the problem becomes that over the course of the game, there's pressure from something called infamy about making it harder to do as many actions because theoretically you're supposed to be doing, uh, if you got to do four actions on each turn, you'd get you'd unlock stuff really fast. You'd finish all of your personal goals, even though you're supposed to be completing only a quarter of your personal goals. So in order to solve this, instead of having infamy being something that determines who gets to take the cool, exciting actions, instead infamy is just a loop that you're looping around. And when you, become the most infamous you reset it and you get to fill in a star into constellation <laughs> okay it's annoying 
Is it? It sounds uh, strange. It's a strange way because it's not natural for infamy to do that. You have to remember to do it whenever you're told to do infamy. Um, you have to remember whenever you're otherwise you're told to gain a star. Instead, you just get some infamy. Like it's an app. <laughs> they, mm-hmm. they clearly thought about it. At the very least, they could have put in these rules into the app and be like, oh, you're playing with Solo? Well, then I'll stop telling you to get stars or something along those lines. Like, at the very least, reference it in the app. But the app doesn't reference it. Your personal player board doesn't reference it. It's a thing you have to keep remembering. And in terms of how infamy should work, it's a weird thing for it to work that way. It's just designed to slow you down. And the game could theoretically be played solo multi-handed as we Mm -hmm. play so many co-op games we play them multi-handed right and when you play multi-handed i assume the reason why they didn't want to do that is because maybe you'll get the personal stories confused or conflated and you won't remember hey this guy did this thing before and maybe that will get confusing i never really had an issue with that it could be that they're trying to do it for families who little kids who wouldn't but little kids would not play the solo so a lot of people always say, oh, I, I don't like playing multiple characters. I won't play the game solo if it's got to be multiple characters. So maybe <sighs> they're just trying to appease that crowd. It could be, but to make that the default, it, it is a much less fulfilling version of the game. In addition, there's like 30, 40 characters here. I wanted to see all their stories. There's only like six scenarios. I would either have to play the same scenario multiple times to see all of the different characters, or I can play four characters in one go through and that's more fun to me i get to see more of the funny stories mm-hmm. 40 so, characters wow i, I can For look up and see exactly how many they are okay. big number yes big number so like hundreds we'll say then no it's hundreds. <laughs> cause trouble for someone else anyway that's funny so that's cool it's, either way regardless that there's just a lot of different characters to try out and it sounds like it's quite a big number yeah whatever it is so between those things i just think that they went the wrong track with doing the solo rules for this i would just recommend to play multi-handed and then essentially you're getting the same experience you get multiplayer just you still have to do part of when when you're selecting options there's a timer that tells you you have a minute to do it all so now you're playing multi-handed so now you theoretically have to balance for everyone where it is that they want to go Easiest solution for that, you know, order up how to do it and give yourself like two minutes or whatever timer it is that makes you feel comfortable being able to handle everyone or play with three players or play with two players and have two standees each or something along those lines. Play with mm-hmm. the two player mode, essentially. Like there's there's ways of, of house ruling that sort of problem that were much more fulfilling to me. Yep. Then then that bizarre infamy thing. Correct. So that is the gameplay of Forgotten Waters. I am on purpose not ruining any of the spoilers. I'm not saying anything about the whole game because I would just ruin everything. <laughs> I will say that I enjoyed all of the stories. I think that all of the stories were fun. They were funny. It felt to me like you're in the middle of a Pixar movie and it's a Pixar pirate movie. Interesting. Okay. Do you know and who... The person that did the stories is the same as the designers, or did they have somebody yes. do that? Okay. Although there were expansion stories that have come out, and I don't know who designed those ones, but yes, it's the same person who did the story as the designer. Okay. 
So all the all the stories are fun. The experience is a lot of fun. I will say it is not a strategic game. So much so that the the reason why you're playing through this is to experience the story and to play through the story. It's it's like playing a video game story that we're like mm-hmm, same mm-hmm. thing in terms of video game. But the point of it is not necessarily to challenge yourself strategically. You have to be in it because the story is fun and playing these characters in a story is fun. Because I will say it stinks to lose because the dice go against you and then you have to do the story over again. And mm-hmm. you're suddenly going, skip, 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 <laughs> take, take me back to where I was. I remember all this once before. And it's annoying, but I suppose it's good that the dice are there. Um, it's good to probably cheat when you're playing with little kids and never let that happen. <laughs> and theoretically, the drama is nice to have. It makes more fun for the game to have that drama. But it makes me want to table flip when I'm towards the end of it. I'm in the final boss battle, and I lose because I can't roll anything but a 1 <laughs> out of a D12 or whatever it is. And that's, that's the worst. <laughs> Do it all over again. Barring that, though, it's fun. The stories are all fun. I wanted to play through all the stories. I wanted to enjoy going through all the different scenarios. I wanted to see all the silly characters and all the things that they do. And the game is just gorgeous. It has an extreme, extremely nice table presence. The only possible blame would be, instead of having a standee for the ship, would be have an actual boat like a 3D miniature for the boat, which I went and got one for my copy. So it's fun to do. It's fun to play through. And if you're looking for a thematic story game, I do recommend it. Very cool. Okay. So let me ask you a couple questions. You said there's a map, and you're going to set up at the beginning with things on it, which I guess represent the different things you might visit during that scenario or whatever. Um. But then you're also using the book. So the book represents locations that you visit on the map or something like that? Or? Correct. You'll run around the map and the book will represent locations. Sometimes it's you're on a sea space and so you'll turn to one of the various sea space options in the book and the app will direct you which one. Sometimes it'll be you're at an island with a tavern, so go to the tavern page on the book. Or you're at a forbidden forest, like the Indiana Jones type place, so go to that page on the book. But you'll move around on the map and that will You'll you'll plug that into the map, excuse me, into the app, and the app will tell you which of the pages relates to which space on the map you've reached. Gotcha, okay. And how many different locations are there roughly? There are a uh, in the book, mm-hmm. or yep. like twenty five, I think. I don't okay. know off the top of my wow. head. There's a fa- the book's pretty thick, possibly even more. I mean, it's thick pages. The pages are are very firm, uh, so I don't know exactly how many there are, but. It's a fair number of it. There's also a lot of different locations. So you'll have tiles that you draw of a bag when you're exploring. And so there's different locations, and they may tie into the pages differently. So a page may say, hey, because you looked in the pub, consult 102 in the app. And because you're on a different island, technically, even though it's still an island page, the app will take you to the correct 102. Oh, okay. And so the actions you might do at the island are going to be the same, but the, the narrative will be different. Correct. Got Especially it. for the different stories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. How how replayable do you think it is? You said it, it would be a drag to go through with all 400 characters over and I, over and over. Yeah, I don't think I, I don't think it's very replayable. Would you do it a couple times, you think? 
I I didn't. <laughs> okay. I did it once per, um, whether solo or multiplayer, I did once each. And at that point in time, you know, we, we've got a fair number of games on the shelf. At that point in time, I felt like I was ready to move on to the next one, which possibly is a shame for a $60 game. But on the other hand, I would be happy to pull it out and play with other players who are new to it and let them experience mm-hmm. it for the, for the first time because that's, that is fun. But in terms of soloing, I would not want to play through a story that I've already seen all over again. There's, there is some variability to the different plays about how things can go, but it's not significant enough to me that it's worth playing a second time. Gotcha. Okay. And if you play through solo, is it going to be, it's going to be the same if you play multiplayer it's the same thing. family later. So it's not really, yeah. And so I mean, again, most of the time I multi-handed it. So, yep. Okay. It sounds really pretty and all that. It does sound awful, awful light, but like you said, it's a neat story with a lot of characters. Indeed. I was a person when I was growing up in the 80s, I remember getting Choose Your Own Adventure books. And I would read the book, and every time I died, I would go back to the book, to the beginning of the book, and start <laughs> from the beginning and do the whole thing again. Even uh, if I, you know, I'd read the same thing over and over and over. Sounds like this is follower. the game I could probably take. Yeah, a rules follower, and yeah, I just enjoyed it anyway. I really love those books. <laughs> But yeah, this would be a game for you in that case. Mm-hmm. It could be, yeah. Though I've got so many other games to play too, I may not do that. <laughs> oh, I just <laughs> gotta move on. Too many I hear games that. To play. So that is Forgotten Waters. Well, thank you, Julius. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, uh I want to mention a small bit of news. The over at board game buttons, there is not a one player podcast button that you could get. Oh, so maybe you want to check it out. So I'll include a link to that. And I'm getting one right now. Nice. All righty, everyone. Have a good night. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. We love feedback, so we love hearing from you. You can reach me at Julius at OnePlayerPodcast.com or JLBird on BGG. And Albert can be reached at Albert at OnePlayerPodcast.com or Fractaloon on BGG. Our website is OnePlayerPodcast.com with the number one, and we're also on Twitter at OnePlayerPodcast. The intro music is copyright Angus can be found at Gemendo.com. The transition music is copyright by Dan Elduce Pancaldi, whose page is at DanPancaldi.com. The One Player Podcast is protected under a Creative Commons share-alike license. Thanks for listening.